This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You are with Lee Chui Lin and Sharmila Ganesan. Tonight, much ado over reference and recommendation letters. So this comes as a student is suing his school for allegedly mishandling his recommendation letters. And that has us wondering, how important are letters of recommendation when it comes to your career, both when you're getting started and beyond? So let us know, have you written a letter like this of reference or of recommendation? And how honest were you? That number to call is 7733 Tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08. So um, our starting point today is actually quite dramatic. Um, I'm just going to lay that out first because generally speaking, we wanted to have a conversation about the the use and utility of reference and recommendation letters. I think it's a very common thing when you're out on the job market to have either on hand or to have somebody ask you for them. So we wanted to have that conversation. But the reason we're getting there is because of actually a uh, legal case. A 21-year-old boy and a 21-year-old and his parents have filed a writ of summons at the Kuala Lumpur High Court targeting an international boarding school in Negeri Sembilan as well as four other defendants over what they are saying is the alleged mishandling of recommendation letters. Yes, so the student is claiming that the defendants failed to make sure that those letters were signed by teachers who had in fact had personal interactions with him during his time in the school. And he also alleged that the defendants committed a breach of contract for failing to provide appropriate assistance for his admissions to these universities um, and that they used a they copy-pasted a standardised template as content for the recommendation letters. Um, so... The reason, of course, all this has happened is because the student got rejected by 15 uh, premier universities in the US, including Harvard, Stanford and Yale. Um, And the applicant also claimed that uh, he had been academically excellent um, and therefore this sort of negligence from the school would torpedo his career opportunities and future income. But that, of course, goes back to that question of how important How important are letters of recommendation or reference to begin with? Because here the argument is that without them or with a poorly executed version of them, that someone severely lost opportunity, right? Mm. That's kind of the basis of this. And I I think that that's an interesting question to ask from an employment perspective. So this is at a school level, but school leading forward into career greatness, right? Um, For a lot of us, I don't know. I didn't have to have a letter of recommendation or reference at a higher education level. My first exposure to it really came when I entered the job market. Um, I would imagine Ivy League is probably required. Ivy different, um, yes. Yeah, and then for masters, for my masters programs, it was required as well. Um, so I think it really might depend on the program. And of course, in this particular case, it's a little bit different because it almost sounds like the school. Uh, it, it's a matter of course for the school, and it's part of their responsibility to provide those letters. Um, in a lot of other cases, you can't demand a letter of recommendation from anyone. You just hope that either your academic supervisors or your employers are willing to do it as part of their responsibility. So I think they're important personally um, and for a variety of reasons in general because, of course, hiring anybody um, is an act of faith in and of itself and so it helps when you have people back that up and say, hey, listen, you know, this person, I can vouch for them. So that's one thing. Uh, But the other thing is maybe a more personal thing, which is that it meant that that whoever wrote the reference letter for you either felt professionally responsible enough for you or um, was willing for whatever reason to go the extra mile and and actually sit down and write you something. And that in and of itself is like an unspoken recommendation that hovers over the entire letter. I agree. I think they can be really important, especially in cases where like for like, um, you know, a resume, qualifications and so on can often be quite 
quite template like you know i mean if, if you have a degree if you have a certain cgpa or above there's not a lot differentiating one candidate from another um so sometimes the the letter can actually be the push that turns you into a human a human with achievements that made an impact in a real in a real setting which makes um, the templated thing in this context really feel, yeah even yes. even worse in some ways but i was going to say not that i'm defending the act of this particular example i can imagine though that for a lot of employers and and some of this is from personal experience not as an employer but even as somebody who has written these letters if it's somebody you feel really strongly about yes you're able to put something down that is meaningful but then if you've worked with, with i don't know 30 40 people in your life and not everyone is outstanding, but you feel like you should write it for them anyway. That's where maybe it gets a little bit more complex. What do you put that doesn't sound very rote? Competent is a double-edged sword in that I situation. Um, they okay. were there. They did their job. <laughs> it was fine. So <laughs> we are asking you today, have you written a letter of reference? How honest were you? But also, um, if you're in the position to to hire, to offer a job, do you find these letters important? Do they do they matter? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we will be joined by Derek To, who is the founder and CEO of Hiredly. So do keep it here on Inside Story BFM eighty nine point nine. Bringing fresh meaning. BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 6.15 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about the power of a good reference letter or recommendation letter and conversely uh, what happens when things go bad. This is after a student and his parents are essentially um, filing a writ of summons to a school for alleged mishandling of recommendation letters that had us wondering about a broader conversation. So let us know, have you written a letter of reference or recommendation? How honest were you? And in general, as an employer, do you rely on them? Are they important? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now, we have Derek To, who is the founder and CEO of Hiredly. Derek, thanks so much for speaking with us. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me. So, okay, um, to start with, a student is suing his school over them having allegedly botched up his recommendation letter to universities in the US, uh, premium universities. What did you make of the case? Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's a very unfortunate incident, obviously, and obviously quite surprising because I, I would imagine from a student's point of view, um, uh, I know every university would be we want to support them to obviously land themselves in a good school right or good uh, sorry a, a good university because it reflects well on the school um and i think it also kind of helps everyone reflect on the importance of um you know writing good recommendation letters right and how and um and there's also i think it also highlights the need for a lot better communication i imagine between the student and the schools so actually, how significant are these letters anyway in the process of getting accepted either into university or, or for that matter, jobs? How much influence do they have to sway uh, someone's mind? Well, I think um, in terms of getting to universities, um, you know, I, I imagine this a lot of these like, top universities would value the recommendation letter quite a lot, right? And I think it's because uh, recommendation letters actually provide a lot of insight uh, that, that's beyond... Uh, you know, like, um, you know, what you can sort of put on paper. So, so obviously, you know, if you write something, you know, your 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 academic scores, etc., and your CV, those are things that you sort of write yourself. But a recommendation letter is like a third party sort of validation, right, or verification of who you are. Um, so it's quite important, I think, for getting into some universities. Uh, in terms of um, uh, getting yourself into a job, right, even careers, uh, it's not something that is automatically requested by most employers. Uh, but if you have it you know, with you when you submit your application, it definitely you know, plays a positive role, right? And, and sometimes it could even be a deciding factor when the employer decides if they want to hire you. Because imagine if, if someone applied to the role and then not only did you see the CV, you saw this amazing uh, sort of review or recommendation by this person's previous employer, like it would definitely sway your decision a lot. So I actually think that, you know, because it actually provides some kind of assessment of this person's character, like, if you like. So 
definitely, I think it does help. But in terms of employment, it's not automatically requested most of the time. Employers might ask for like a referee where they might like call them, but they wouldn't necessarily ask for a recommendation letter. So let's talk about the process then of asking for that letter, uh, whether of recommendation or reference from an employer or referee. How should you assess firstly, who would be the best person to write you one? Should it always be someone who was your direct supervisor? Well, yeah, I mean, for, for this uh, reference or recommendation to have any weight, uh, it would definitely be very, very useful if it's actually with someone who's familiar with your work uh, who's, and also who's familiar with your achievements. And and um, and the reason I say this is because, you know, say, say it's a referee and the employer very often because they're actually going to call the referee and, and sort of ask them about their experience working with you. So, you know, if this person hasn't directly worked with you before, and and I have and I had calls like this, by the way. So I would call a a, a, a referee, uh, someone that someone asked to give a reference. And this person would from the beginning of the phone call say, Oh, actually I actually haven't worked with this person. I was a colleague, you know, in a different department. So um, you know, but I, I've sort of like touched upon a few things with them, but I don't directly work with them. And it initially kind of um puts a, a lot less weight to this person's uh, you know, recommendation. So ideally you want to pick someone that's familiar with your work. Um, ideally a direct supervisor, but even if they're not a direct supervisor, they work very, very closely with you. And you can tell from their conversation that they know your work very well, right? And um, this would be the right person I would, I would choose to do a, write a recommendation or be a referee. Okay, I know this might be maybe asking for a lot, but how do you make sure as far as possible that the person you ask will write you a good recommendation letter? I mean, is this something you can discuss in any way beforehand? Yeah, so you you obviously cannot actually tell the person what to say. <laughs> but uh, but uh, in most cases, uh, no one, uh, well, as far as I, my personal experience goes, right, no one would actually pick a referee who would give them a bad recommendation. Most people would be, I guess, have enough common sense to pick someone who would at least give a very neutral kind of reference, right? Um, so you can't, yeah, you can't actually tell them what to write. Uh, and even people who actually were to give a reference or write a recommendation letter, they know that you know they they should write a positive one, right? So um, because uh, they 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 I'm sure everyone knows understands that this the way they write this letter is going to play a part in whether you get the job or you get into the university or not. So they know it's an important thing. And most people will try to write a positive one. Uh, and ideally, obviously, you want them to write something that's truthful, right? That's very important. You want someone to write someone that's based on the truth, uh, but also a positive one. But you, yeah, I, I can't imagine you would actually tell them what to write. I don't think that's the right way. And the, in the event that you get one back that is maybe overly honest in your assessment or, or unsatisfactory, um, what can you do short of just not including it in your applications? Uh, <laughs> I, if, if you do receive uh, an unsatisfactory letter or, or, or re reference, um, I guess an easy way for you to do this, uh, an easy way to solve this for you is if you can find alternatives if you can find different people who would you know be willing to give you a reference, um, so that's one way to do it. Uh, and uh, another way, maybe a bit more challenging, is to request a revised letter, right? So, so obviously, if you're talking about if you're looking for a job, then you might be able to find different people to give a reference. But if you're talking about trying to get into university, and and you need your school to write your reference, I mean, you only have one school, so your only option is to go back to the school. Uh, and ask them to sort of revise. If you believe that anything that's factually inaccurate that you would like them to change, if you have your facts with you, uh, then I would go back to the school and ask them to rewrite this letter as long as it's also uh, based on the truth. Now, there's a third part to this, right? So if, if it's unsatisfactory, but you believe that it's, it's, it's uh, true, it's also a, a good opportunity, I guess, for the receiver to kind of reflect on that as feedback or kind of some long-term personal development. But that, but that's in some sense, that's a, a different topic. The first thing I would say is you can try to go back and ask them to, you know, rewrite uh, a revised letter. I, I, uh, I mean, related to this, right? Uh, I actually think that if you are the person who is actually writing a reference, 
in, in most cases, if you believe you're going to end up writing a bad one, it might be better to decline, right? Rather than writing this person a bad reference letter. And, and it's because sometimes some of this working experience is very subjective. You know, like that you maybe you've had a bad experience working with this person, but someone else could work very well with them. That's why people talk about culture fit a lot, right? Like you have to work in the right company, the right company that you belong in. And suddenly some people do well in certain companies and some people don't do so well. So, so if you don't feel that you are in the position to write a, a good uh, a reference letter, recommendation letter, you could decline it rather than writing a bad one. So actually speaking of being the one uh, writing the letter, now let's say you're asked to write one, what should you include for it to be effective? What are some important things to keep in mind? Um, you, you want you want to be very specific. I will start with that. So avoid anything that's too vague. You know, so so for example, you know, if you if you say something like, oh, this person is very hardworking, uh, it doesn't mean much. Like anyone can say that. You know, anyone can say this person is hardworking. But if you go into specific, like, you know, I relied on this person to lead this particular project and and you know, and this project had certain goals, and uh, you know, because they were handling it, they they over-delivered by say 150%, you know, and they displayed uh, very good uh, leadership skills. And we had very solid feedback from the team. You know, like you go into really specifics, right? So, so rather than just say, oh, this person is a good leader, this person is hardworking, which anyone can write, doesn't mean anything. Um, and and then and the other thing is, I mean, I, I sort of mentioned this, right? So you still have to be very factual and and very honest, uh, but and, uh, and try your best, of course, to be very positive about it because you are actually going to write a letter that will. I guess, sway this person's life in some sense, their career or their life. So it's, it's important. So be honest and positive. And, and if, uh, if possible, I would suggest also if you are writing the letter, right, you, you should ask this person, what's it for? Because if you understand what the letter is for, then you can also tailor the letter uh, to the audience, right? Because like the, to tailor the letter to the, to the person who's going to read it. And, and this is quite important because you could probably write like 10 different things, but no one wants to read 10 pages. So you want to be very, very laser focused on what is the most important thing to highlight in the reference letter. So ask the, the person, like, who is it for? And then so you can tailor the letter for that, for that specific purpose. So here's the thing, right? There's also the potential issue of the letter writer exaggerating or understating an applicant's achievements. How can or do employers or institutions verify the letter? Is it common practice? Yeah, it's... Um, uh, it, I guess if it's a very important role, uh, you know, if it's a letter, it's a very important role, then some institutions might actually call the person that gave the recommendation, right? And uh, if it's actually a reference, sort of like a reference check, like a, like a verbal one, you know, most employers understand or expect the, the referee to actually give a positive reference. Actually, that, that is the expectation. You know, so 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 it's actually commonly expected. And if you if you are the employer or the or the institution that's evaluating this reference, right, you expect it to be positive. And many very skilled people are sort of trained to kind of dig out, I guess, the the development areas, if you like. So on the face of it, everyone's saying this person is great, a great leadership, you know, this person is a great problem solver. But a very trained uh, uh, person would be able to sort of understand, but what, what is the gap, right? What are things that, that they can work on? And, and this is how you try to figure out whether it's an exaggeration or whether there's anything that um, maybe wasn't covered enough, right, by the referee. So there are ways to ask questions to kind of dig in a little bit deeper to really figure out actually where are the gaps. We have about 30 seconds left. What would you like to leave us with? Oh, um, uh, I think that uh, overall, by the way, whether you're looking for a job uh, or you're applying to uh, university, you know, having a, a very good reference and recommendation letter is important. And, and therefore, I actually believe that it's good to make sure you leave a good impression with people that you worked with. Uh, you know, you have a very strong relationship with people. And even though you don't, you may not always be 100%, one's actually ever perfect, but uh, make sure you don't burn any bridges Right, it's like super important because in the long term, I mean, when people are evaluating you for the next thing, they will sometimes look back at the previous thing that you were working on. So I think that's the main thing I would like to say. Derek, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
That was Derek Do, founder and CEO of Hiredly. Uh, we're talking today about that that kind of interesting professional social thing that happens when you're asked to be somebody's referee for a job. Um, so how do you think about referring or recommending someone for a job or a position? When do you say no to that? You can call 7733 send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Breathe freely, Malaysians. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's coming up to 6.39 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about being that person who says, yes, this other person is really right for a scholarship or a job. In other words, being in the position of serving as a reference or writing a reference or recommendation letter. This is because a student is suing his school for allegedly mishandling that and, um, per the case, torpedoing uh, his future career chances. And so we're asking you, have you written a letter of reference? How honest were you? But also, in general, um, how do you think about referring or recommending somebody for a job or a position? When do you say no? So in line with the honesty question, you can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Okay, speaking of when do you say no, Munif says, I flat out don't write reference letters for people whom I know either don't deserve what they're applying for or if I have nothing nice to genuinely write about. The hard part comes in being diplomatic with my refusal to write it. I'll usually tell sweet little lies on why I have to decline, even though I really, really, really want to. Or tell them there's a more qualified person than me to write said letter, making it no longer my problem. Munif, I I feel like this is something I can get behind. I might have done some version of this at some point. Um, primarily because I, I think, right, the thing with writing a letter of recommendation is not only are you helping someone uh, get a, an opportunity, which is a good thing, uh, but you're also kind of vouching for that person. And sometimes if I don't believe in the person I'm vouching for, then I feel it's better off if I don't say anything. Ah, so this is the thing. Um, I think that letters of... So I always thought that letters of reference and recommendation, by the way, were the same thing um, until we did this show because it turns out that letters of reference are, uh, I guess, kind of what it sounds like is just to officially say, yes, this person... Mm. was working here um, in that time they were XYZ, whereas a letter of recommendation is more personal, more targeted. Um, it's for when you're applying for something very specific and you're asking somebody who can attest to that skill set. So And literally recommend you, you as yes. a person. Yeah. So it's a, it's a small difference, but it exists. Um, so I was thinking about this because I've been asked to write a letter of reference before and I declined. I, I've declined and I've said yes in in different states. And I think part of it is I'm not really comfortable writing a letter of reference for someone who, especially if I'm meeting them early in their career or in their studying life, someone who might change. Because all I can say is at this point in time, they were like this. Um, but if you use it forever and ever, and my name's attached to it, you know, I, I can't continuously vouch for a person. So I'm always open to being somebody's reference, to being included um, if they feel that it's right. But I'm not always comfortable writing a standardized letter that they get to use everywhere all the time. Actually, when you said I'm, I, I don't mind being someone's reference, that got me thinking about how I'm so much more open to allowing someone to put my name down and then the employer or the scholarship or whatever can, can call, call me yes, and yes. can ask me specific questions because that feels a lot more manageable than to write a letter on the one hand that you're kind of staking your name to, uh, but on the other also because you don't know what they're looking for necessarily or what they want to hear from you. We have actually a lot of people referencing school, um, which is exactly where the story begins, right? So TIDJ says, During my time, the school provided us written testimonials signed by the headmaster and the class teacher. We never had a referral letter, but the testimonial could act as a character reference. Belinda says, When I left school in 1974 after my Form 5, I was given this testimonial. I was happy to have it, but I never needed to use it for further education or seeking employment. And it's a very, I, it's from, uh, it's from Convent. 
And among other things, it says that Belinda was a capable and conscientious pupil. She was cooperative and helpful and was also a responsible and well-mannered person. She took an active part in uh, in school activities. Melinda, you sound like a lovely young lady to have been, to have hired or offered an opportunity at that time. Uh, but you know, actually, these these um, points from DIDJ and Belinda made me remember of my early early days in uh, college or even in not so much in secondary school because I think these testimonials I didn't I didn't have them. My school didn't really do those. But the notion I don't know whether this happened to you, Lynn. But when I was finishing college, I was given advice by so many people, and I had classmates who went around doing this, just getting these general random testimonials from their different lecturers. And I was told that you should just keep them because when you apply for a job, you just send them along with every application. And I felt like I'd really dropped the ball because I didn't do it. Um, but now, on this side of things, I'm thinking. Would those ever have really been useful? These like general, vague letters by lecturers not knowing what you're actually applying for. So I th- I think this might also be a generational thing. Um, mm. There was a time where it was more likely perhaps that you would go straight from school into work. And in that situation, I could see it being very useful, right? Because I'm also thinking that this was also a time when it wasn't as easy to reach people because now you can email them. Yes. Whereas back then, you know, you would have to look up your former lecturer. They may not be in the university anymore. And so it was just thought of as simpler to have that letter with you. Before we go on to talk about these letters though, I I would like to shift the conversation a bit to talk about references as a whole because I think that... I think it's interesting. When I was younger and hadn't started working yet, I was very stumped at the idea of what a reference ought to be. And I think that this is how you end up, I'm not saying I did it, I'm just saying that this is how you end up putting family members down, right? Because you don't know what to do. It's like, oh, I worked part-time at a at a at my aunt's shop, I'm just going to put her down as a reference because you don't know. And and it's an interesting it's an interesting one because now that I'm in a position to hire, um, like I said earlier, I do think quite seriously about references. But because of that, I also think that it's actually quite a serious responsibility. So I um, did put down an aunt that I worked part-time Everybody for. Everybody does. I think it's a because, thing. Because my aunt is Chinese and therefore I thought they wouldn't know she was my aunt. Um, it's always this sort of thinking, <laughs> different surname. It's yeah, like, I no know, one can tell. I know. And, and, and then at some point I put like a friend's mom because, yeah, like what are you supposed to do? What does it mean? Um, but yeah, right, the idea that the, the reference is supposed to say something about you it also takes time because if you're a fresh grad or if you've just finished school, who are the people you'll know in your life? I mean, it's one thing to have worked three or four years and then you put down people. But even then, like Derek said earlier, some people wouldn't put down their supervisor maybe because they didn't have the best experience or uh, they're not sure that everything they say is going to be positive. And then what's the point of putting my lunch buddy? Like, what are they going to be able to say about me as an employee? Yeah, so I think that this is the tricky stuff. Let us know. We're talking today about letters of reference and recommendation. We want to know if you've received one or written one for somebody. But also, what's your thinking um, when you're either a point of reference or recommendation for somebody when they're looking for a job. How do you think about it? When do you say no? When do you say yes? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. You are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Charmila. And we're talking today about applying for a job or a scholarship or you know, just basically a position you want and the role that a reference or recommendation plays in that. Uh, the originating point of this story is essentially that a student is suing his former school for allegedly mishandling recommendation letters. So he's alleging a a number of different things, that it was just copy-paste, that there was a standardised template, that it wasn't, um, that the people who would actually have been able to vouch for him weren't in fact given the opportunity to vouch for him. So it's a few different things, but that just had us thinking about this whole process. And the importance of having this sort of recommendation or a written thing. Let us know. Um, have you written a letter of reference? Do you have one written for you? And in general, when you think about having to refer or recommend somebody for a job, what goes into that thought process? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. 
Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a number of thoughts coming in. So Andrew says, recommendation letters are very important. My lecturer in uni wrote me a very good one and a very good one for my master's in the UK. She covered how I was doing among the uh, cohort, how I've contributed to the course and what my performance compared to the average in the semester. Definitely should get a recommendation letter from someone who has a great impression of you. Andrew, uh, I think you've actually hit uh, the nail on one very specific scenario where actually these letters end up being very important. Certainly in the academic circles, uh, when you're applying for courses, uh, for masters, for scholarships, these letters tend to be always asked for. It's not even an option. It's kind of like a requirement for your application. And sometimes they won't just ask for one, right? They'll ask you for uh, a professional referee. They'll ask you for a personal rec- referee. They might even ask you for a direct employer. I In the past, I've uh, had to provide up to three uh, references. So absolutely. And, and I think in situations like that, it can definitely be really important. You're also highlighting, Andrew, uh, what it is that you are supposed to do in uh, or what the, the ideal letter should obtain. In other words, how you compare to others, how you contributed to the course, your performance. So there's a lot of specificity in that, which is in many ways exactly what our guest um, Derek spoke about earlier, right? The importance of actually having that in place. Um, we also have an anonymous listener who says, never had the honour to write such testimonials, but I was at the receiving end when my schoolroom teacher gave me a C, although I was a prefect for two consecutive years and a chartered member of the Interact Club holding the vice president office. I was clueless about the importance of a good testimonial after Form 5, possibly looking for a place in a private school, maybe even looking for a job. However, my father was extremely upset and felt it necessary to approach the teacher personally. I have to admit that I was never in that particular teacher's inner circle, so I wasn't surprised that she'd give me that poor grade. That incident left a lasting bad memory because I had to see my father eat humble pie in order to get an additional reference from said teacher. I told my father that if if I knew that we had to ask for that favour, I would have approached the Rotarians and gotten a glowing letter because of my efforts in the Intrack Club. It's so sad that a teacher can take umbrage and possibly destroy a clueless teenage student's future. Anon, actually, you bring up uh, something that I was discussing with Lynn off-air earlier as well, that this system can be a double-edged sword for some people because not everyone has the kind of relationships or the kind of access or the kind of privilege, frankly, to be able to get recommendation letters or to be able to get references that carry that kind of weight. And I, while I understand the reason for them, I understand how they can be really helpful. I wish we had, I wish we had a better system for people uh, that don't find it easy to get them. Or like in your case, um, what was the word you used? Not in the inner circle. I mean, these can be hugely subjective and sometimes quite unfair in terms of who gets a good letter and who doesn't. Yeah, this is quite tough. And and I was also thinking about how when you're young, you're actually quite vulnerable um, for all the reasons, Sharmila, that you just pointed out, which is that you don't have that many people to ask. Yeah. And so if the person that you're who's in charge of you, quote unquote, in school, your class teacher, does this, then then that's it. That's all you have. <laughs> And I mean, you can actually translate this into a workplace also, right? If uh, if you had a difficult boss, if you worked in a very small company and, and something happened and you don't feel comfortable going back to them for a reference or a recommendation, sometimes it can be really difficult. There are some programs or scholarships that insist that you need a letter from your immediate supervisor. Not everyone has great relationships with their immediate supervisor. So there are things with the system that aren't necessarily helpful either. Which I think is what we want to talk about. So we are asking you for your thoughts. Um, how do you think about this notion of referring or recommending somebody for a job or position? Have you ever written or received a letter of recommendation? But to extend it, do you even think they're helpful? Have they been helpful to you? Do you like asking for them? Or, you know, has the whole thing just been quite fraught in your opinion? You can let us know. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.07 and you are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. So, um, okay, at this point I do a recap. 
Now, just to be clear, we have been talking today about letters of reference and recommendation. Generally speaking, when is it that you've asked for one or written one? Um, How do you think about this process in general of recommending somebody and whether they're helpful? The reason, though, that we're talking about this is because there is a case. Um, A 21-year-old student is suing his former school for allegedly mishandling his recommendation letters. He says that it was uh, copy-paste, templated stuff that the teachers who could actually have vouched for his ex Excellence were not part of the process, were not the signatories, and that therefore his his chances of um let me just read it. Um, contended that, that their negligence torpedoed his future career opportunities and potential future income. So that had us thinking about the importance of this letter. Let us know what you think. You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we have a caller with us. We have got Jazz. Jazz, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hi, good evening. Uh, well, I'll get straight into it. So for me, I think recommendation letters come in handy, especially if you're talking about university application. Usually not in the initial round because initial round, they just need your results, you know, the basic stuff. However, when, you know, your initial applications get rejected and then they give you a window, you know, the opportunity for you to appeal, that's where it does come in handy. You know, it's sort of like in our case, it came in handy when we had the one-month appeal window where they said, give us all documents that you think will help your case, show us why that this person deserves a second chance. So in that case, appeal letter from school or any organization does play quite a big part because, you know, that could be the make or break because the results, everybody has the same results. So how does one differ is where the recommendation letter comes. It's a more personal uh, touch you know, because uh, everything is online. You can't present yourself. There's no interview. So the recommendation letter acts as the letter or the bridge that, you know, sort of like lets the potential employee or the university know a little bit more about you, but from somebody else. You know, so like if you're a high school leaver, it will be basically from your school teachers or the association that you're with. So that's how I think it does help in that case. Jess, I was just curious about how you went about getting the letters of recommendation. Was that a complicated process? What kind of relationships (laughs) did you have to rely on? Okay, yeah, it is actually, it was complicated because firstly, it was quite impossible to get a recommendation letter from school. I'm talking about public school. Uh, It's almost unheard of or, you know, the school wasn't... um, willing to part with anything they said uh, everything is in your file you know so and then but uh, the reason we managed to get a recommendation letter is from an external body because you know the student is very active has a lot had basically did a lot of national representation so you know um, basic, the reason we got the letter is uh, they basically wanted to give back for everything that she has done for the, you know, she has done for the organization. So the recommendation letter came from that organization. Yeah. So yeah, getting it from school was uh, impossible. I mean, nobody wanted to do anything about it. So yeah, this recommendation letter came from an external organization. Jess, thank you so much for that and also for pointing out, I think, uh, a very specific way in which it could be it could be actively helpful to people. We also have um, on that point about students and recommendations, this from Josh who says, I've written more than 500 recommendation letters for students applying to university in the past 10 years. It's part of my job. Some are necessary, some are not. Some parents and students are insistent on having a recommendation letter, though it's not needed, and then we have to churn it out. Last year, I wrote two strong recommendations. Two good staff under me who wanted to leave for better opportunities. I wrote them happily because I wanted them to progress in life and I was their head. I hope it will be the same for me if I need one someday. Josh, firstly, 500 is... Wow, that's that's a lot of recommendation letters over the years. Uh, I mean, over it's 10 years. It's one a week years. almost. Yeah, I yeah. know. I was just trying to do the math in my head. But also your last point is exactly it, right? I mean, even though sometimes it's tedious to have to write these, I've also been lucky enough to have a number of people be very kind and very helpful when it comes uh, to writing recommendation letters for me. So I feel like sometimes it is just this idea of 
paying it forward, paying it around, hoping that it comes around to you someday. I So I believe that the best recommendation letters are um, born out of either true belief. In other words, you really think that this person is so worthy and world conquering and you just want other people to know that. And so you use language and, and you write evocatively in a way that actually, you know, indicates that. Um, the other thing is, and I think that Jazz pointed this out a little bit, sometimes it might just be an understanding of the need of the letter. So if you know that this person um, is applying for something or is in a situation in which your letter could be very directly helpful, then again, I think that that comes with some meaning. And Josh, I think that you point out um, the difference between between 500 recommendation letters that in some instances are just churned out because it's part of your professional obligation, it's part of what people seem to demand, um, and the difference between that versus something that you're like, no, these people were really good, they worked hard, and I want to make sure that they have a good future and that I'm able to help them along as far as I can. Well, we have someone who thinks these letters aren't necessarily all that, right? So Devraj says, about two years back, while applying for global top 10 MBA programs, recommendation letters were compulsory. My CEO was happy to recommend me, but basically asked me to write the letter myself. Pretty sure he signed it without even reading. I managed to get into the program, but ended up deciding to stay at the company anyway. After that, now I'm in a position to hire employees and I don't care for letters at all. If I need insight into a candidate, I'd ask to call past managers instead. Um, this actually happens a lot, uh, the whole, and, and sometimes it's with the best of intentions. I'm not knocking it, but the whole, you write it, I'll sign it, um, you know, because I know it's something that needs to be done. Uh, but I am seeing though more and more, especially uh, academic programs and scholarships, you don't get to submit the letter. Instead, what you do is you put down the letter of your referee or your recommender and they have to log in and they have to put the letter in there themselves. I don't know if a CEO is doing that. No, that's true though, yeah. right? So that's so I think to Devraj's point actually is that sometimes the trouble of this, the the kind of did they even really write this fact that's why sometimes just giving them a call and having a conversation might be more effective. I am remembering correctly, right, that Ron Swanson asked um Leslie Nope to do this. She did. He did, he yes. did right? And, and yes. he did it as a form of torture. And, and I think that it's actually because it could also be very tricky. It is, um, it is torturous. I've had to write my own. And then because you're basically writing about yourself in the best possible way. Shamila's perfection. Taking, I know. Taking it to your boss and telling them, sign this it. Is, this is how great I think I am. Now you sign it. Yeah. And, and it feels like one of those... Um, one of those traps that is the natural extension of, and what would you say your worst qualities are? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's kind of that weird turnaround. But I, I think that Devraj, firstly, clearly, I mean, I'm sure your letter was great, but I don't know if you struggled to write it. The other thing, though, is I also believe in calling past managers, um, not just because... And I'm a well-documented, uh, prefer to message, prefer to email, do not prefer to call millennial. But I think in an instance like this, you need to speak to somebody. You need to hear their voice when you say the person's name, <laughs> whether there is a sigh, whether there is a moment of, oh, right, right, them. Mm. You, you need to hear that, I think, in a way that a, a letter can't really capture. I've actually even requested sometimes for, so I've, I've had someone email me to ask, hi, this person put you down as reference. Would you mind writing a few lines and telling us what you think? And I actually said, could we do this over a call? Um, and, and it was a positive one. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just faster. But I just, it's faster. I can tell you what you want to know rather than something random that maybe you don't care about. All of which to say, we want to know your how you think really about letters of reference about being a point of reference or recommendation for somebody who is on the job hunt. Um, how do you think about that? Have you found these sorts of letters to be helpful? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Keep those voice notes and WhatsApps coming as well. It's 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Banana from Malaysia. BFM 89.9 the business station. 
It is 7.17 and you are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. We're talking today about letters of reference and recommendation and asking you for your experiences with them. How do you think about referring or recommending someone for a job? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start on the side of things with a voice note from Anas. Sorry about uh, people being a reference for me. Uh, the last time I was going out of the job uh, due to my contract finishing, I was asking my superior whether he or she could vouch for me and whether I can put their name in my uh, resume. And uh, the answer got me so sentimental. He or she told me that, of course, for another hundred years, and I will always remember this forever. And even after I got an offer from a place, uh, the interviewer told me that it was due to uh, the good things that was mentioned by my former supervisor. So I think my advice for everyone is always be kind to people and for an employee, always be a good employee and always try for your best in your job. And if it is, and pay it forward. Lah. You know, I think everyone is here because someone took a chance on you and take the chance well. Thank you. Thanks so much, Anas. Um, I think that's very true. Um, and it also acknowledges the importance of people mentoring you or taking a shot on you. Anas, that just sounds like such a wonderful, positive experience. And and that's exactly what I meant that, you know, somebody takes a chance on you, you pay it forward if you can. Um, it also actually just reminds me, um, you put it in a very nice, empathetic way, but on a very practical sense, something that um, our guest Derek To said earlier as well, which is try your best not to burn bridges, try your best not to leave um, relationships in a, in a negative state because you never know when you might need to rely on them for for something in terms of career. Well, Joe is also talking about the power of the recommendations, saying they get you further than skills and experience. I'm working in a GLC and I found out that a colleague with similar age and experiences as me in the same role is earning almost twice my salary. It turns out he's part of a group that previously worked together in another agency. They all knew each other and decided to bring their own people to fill in vacant positions. It was difficult for me to get in because I didn't have any internal connections. HR also took the opportunity to undercut my pay because no one was there to help defend my salary expectations. Oh, that's um that yeah, no, that's a lot I think. I, th- I these are exactly the push and pulls of of why this reference or recommendation thing is tough, no. Um on the one hand though, I I think that knowing someone personally and getting that word of mouth is important. But on the other hand, if the company you work for, the structure that you work under is tough, that can put you in a really difficult spot. Yeah. Um, also, this is more common than people would, would like to believe, right? Mm. I mean, I think this is a very common experience, unfortunately, that it's about who you know. And I think it's why, Sharmila, from the start, when you brought up the point about the network, it's it's actually very salient. Um, and how sometimes having a powerful letter of recommendation, like a personal, well-written one, can help to cut through that a little bit. I think I that's me, frankly, um, being a little bit idealistic, but I'd like to think it's also true. I think it's true. Um, I think, though, that I, I keep going back to in this day and age when it's so easy to get a person um, on a call and most people don't like writing emails, for instance, um, a quick call, a five-minute call might be able to do a lot more than a, than a letter that takes someone an hour to write. Fazli says, I parted with one of my previous companies on a very acrimonious on very acrimonious terms with my direct supervisor, so I had no intention of using her as a reference or to ask for a reference letter. Fortunately, since I worked closely with other HODs and supervisors who were able to help me on that front, I've parted ways with my team for a few years now, yet sometimes I still get requests from them to act as a reference or a letter or to get a letter from me. I usually complain that I'm a few years outdated on their capabilities. If they insist, I preface any interview or letter with that bit of info, I do think they can be a difference maker if all things between other candidates are equal. So this goes back to um, asking the right person to be your referee, right? Because um, sometimes that person might feel like, hey, I don't really know you anymore or, or what you are as an employee anymore. Why are you asking me? Am I really the best person to recommend you? And I think to a potential employer, what does it signal that the best person you could think of to recommend you was someone you haven't worked with in three or four years? Well, I also think that this is a um, just a 
professional, I mean, it's professional courtesy, Fazli, that you mention that yes. you haven't worked with them for a significant period of time. So that that's important. Um, the other thing, though, is that um, sometimes the letter is not about your capabilities, right? It's a personality recommendation. Yes, that's that, true. That, that you're saying that this person, in your experience, has always been hardworking, has always gotten the job done, is always punctual, is a great team player. And I think that the idea there would be that some things don't change. That sure, you you might not, I don't know, type that fast. <laughs> I don't know what shifts, um, what skills might deteriorate over time. But you can always vouch for that person's quality of character. I also think that a lot of times people need, uh, especially if you're new to the workplace, um, good direction on what constitutes a good recommendation. Because, you know, you know that thing, oh, you can get somebody who's recent to talk about this part, but then you can get somebody that you've worked with uh, for longer periods of time, but maybe before to talk about something else. And, and I think all of these things are things you only learn as you go along. Which is also what Fish is bringing up, saying that a letter of recommendation is not useful unless it has a human story. Otherwise, it's purely fulfilling an interview requirement. Absolutely. Um, I think I think the, the letter by rote, the, the template letter, really helps nobody. Speaking of which, Nisha Garan says, prompt chat GPT well for a good recommendation letter. Right. So this, I think, uh, based on the timing of when this message came in, not when we're reading it, um, has to do with having to write your own. I think so, right? Yeah. But although I thought, you know, it is possible to use it to write it for somebody else too, but you'd have to give it a lot of the main points and then ask them. But I feel like, no la, that's going to result in something that doesn't sound sincere at if all. If it gives me one fire emoji and one firework and one <laughs> smiley face in a recommendation letter, Sharmila, I will scream. And this comes from a, well, sorry, with respect to the robots who will probably come for my head in like, I don't know, five years. Um you, you, you wait till you ask for a robot for a recommendation for yourself soon. You overuse emojis, robot. <laughs> this is just a basic fact. I, I think that, you know, you, you there's a little leaf, there's a little fire. We, we don't really need that. But I do think that that point about um, ChatGPT writing a good recommendation letter, it's not bad, actually, especially if you're forced to write your own. Then you can just say, I believe I'm a hard worker. I think I do this and just let it let it churn it out. I think it can also be helpful if, for instance, I know what I want to say, but I'm not a good writer. And so yes. I can put in, meaning even if I'm writing for somebody else, I put in all the things I want to say, but then it helps me write it in a way that is effective. We've also got this other message from Anon. So they say if you're laid off, especially after recently joining the company, then a recommendation letter is good to assure potential employers that they are good employees, but laid off because of an unavoidable situation. Otherwise, there's not much of a point. We assume that the CV and letter goes directly to the hiring manager, but they go through HR, if not recruiters, who would receive many CVs and don't have time to read through the letters and the CV. A better option is to state your achievements in the CV itself and list referees in it. A lack of a letter will not torpedo anyone's career. <laughs> uh, torpedo is coming from all the descriptions of the, the lawsuit, which I think has have a very um, intense quality to them. But I mean, this is also very practical. I, I think honestly that it depends. Um, I, I don't know, Sharmila, you and I work in a both a tough and touchy-feely industry. I think the yeah. media generally weirdly tends to blend that quite a bit. And in that context, I feel like for us also because it's a relatively small industry. So I'm, I'm just trying to say that things are relative. Um, I feel like in our context, a letter of recommendation is quite powerful. It is very powerful. In our context. It, yes, yes. In our context, I do think it is. But as you said, because it's a small industry, it also means that you can't get away with things quite as easily because chances are your, your potential boss might know somebody in your previous company. And if your letter doesn't quite give the correct picture, it's not very difficult for people to ask around either. Chat GPT ain't going to cut it. You can let us know. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.